welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirchner, Brooklyn View Photography, and I'm super excited that you guys are here. So, Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. So, I am really excited for this week's episode because we're chatting with Paige Griffith of The Legal Page. Now, I met Paige at the Hybrid Co. Uh, when I went back in March of 2019. And she's awesome. She's so much fun. And I knew I wanted her to be on the podcast. So, I took her course and I'm glad she's here. Um, we chat all about how to make sure your wedding photography business or even your online business is legit and legal. She explains the differences between being an LLC, a sole proprietor, an S-corp, and so much more. I mean, I feel like in every Facebook group, which we go through in the in the episode, you know, people are giving this advice and it's not really right. So I'm really happy that she's here breaking it down because she legit knows. (laughs) So what is the legal page? The legal page is a virtual law firm who specializes with working with online businesses and wedding industry professionals. Uh, You can find legal advice. She has a podcast um, and you can even purchase contracts directly through her site. So this is a really great episode and I know you guys are going to love it. So a few housekeeping things before we begin. I am thrilled to let you guys know that you can now book a one-on-one coaching call with me. Um, During these coaching calls, I find your pain points, I find out what your concerns are, and I help you guys work through it. I make a personalized, in-depth action plan just for you, and I will be with you every step of the way. So it's really fun. My students are doing awesome, and I hope you guys sign up. So you can go to www.twjna.com to find out more. Um, Sessions are limited uh, per month, so I hope to hear from you guys soon. Also, if you liked today's episode, I would love for you to leave us a comment on whichever platform you're listening on. This will help new listeners find us, and I would really appreciate your kind words. So after the episode, just go over to Apple Podcasts, tap those five stars, and leave us a couple of words. Thank you so much in advance. Also, last thing, be sure to visit us at www.twjna.com to read our latest blog post. You can join our newsletter and our super fun Facebook group. So I hope to see you guys in there. And let's get to the show. So grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited to have you guys here. We've got Paige on the line. Can you say hi? Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for being here today. We're so excited. I'm so excited to be here, Janie. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So let's tell everybody a little bit about you, your company, and how you got started. Of course. Um, So to everyone listening, my name is Paige Griffith. I am the owner and founder and attorney behind The Legal Page. 
It is a virtual law firm for online businesses and wedding industry professionals. So I primarily help all kinds of people, entrepreneurs that run their businesses on Instagram, on a website, um, you know, online in general with uh, contracts and um, copyrights and trademarks um, and any kind of legal issue that could come up that I can pretty much consult with them on. And uh, so I do one-on-one work. I also have an online contract shop where I have templates. Um, And Janie, like the real reason that I did this, especially for the wedding industry as a whole, is because I have ran a photography business for the past eight years. So I am a wedding and portrait photographer in Western Montana. I'm based here in Missoula, Montana. And um, I have been shooting a lot of weddings (laughs) for uh, many, many years. Um, And that part of my life has really um, helped me meld into uh, the legal world and specifically this niche of the wedding industry um, to help these people and these business owners. We're all creatives, right? Like that's why we, that's why we do what we do. That's why we want to be photographers or wedding planners or graphic designers, um, website designers, you name it. And the thing is, is we are really good creatives, but sometimes we're not so good at like wearing all the hats and being the best business owners we can be. And so I just like to help people, with the legal side of their business because people in the wedding industry and a lot of online businesses get the heebie-jeebies with legal things and they want to ensure that they're legal and protected because you're not just doing a hobby anymore. You're actually running a business. So I melded both of my passions into one, uh, my creative side and my legal brain. And that is how the legal page was born. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited you're here because we met at uh, the hybrid co earlier this year. And we have a mutual friend, McKenna, who, who has yeah. been on the podcast. So she's already a T with Janate, uh, <laughs> a speaker. <laughs> so I'm super excited to have you on because you're right. Like, I feel like when people, especially me as a wedding photographer started, you're like, okay, I'm in business. And then it's, now what do I do? So I'm excited to just, like, you know, help our listeners get some information on how to get legal with their wedding photography business. So my first question, and I think like everybody's question is, can you explain the difference between an S corp, a single prop and an LLC? Yes, definitely. Um, So you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Janie, where you're like, okay, we like started a business. Okay. You like put up a website, you found your Instagram handle, you put up a Facebook page and you're like, okay, now I'm semi-operating a business. And the thing is, is you're just kind of out there in the world and you're not necessarily a registered business or a legitimate business in the eyes of your state. And the problem that I see most is that people in the online world, um, which is what we're talking about here, we are like giving services to like people in our hometowns. I understand that as photographers, but we run our businesses and all of our marketing and advertising, like through a computer Mm -hmm. and most everyone, unless you have a studio and a brick and mortar, most everyone is like working from their home. And so that is like the specific sector of the industry that I'm going to talk about right now. And the reason being is because if you have a brick and mortar or a studio, you actually already know so much about being a legal business 
Because the difference is, is you cannot open the doors to your shop in whatever city or town that you're in until you are legal. Uh, They won't let you. And so, you know, all kinds of things, like all these businesses that pop up around town, um, they have to follow all these rules and regulations. And for some reason, I'm just not quite sure why entrepreneurs like in online businesses can't wrap their head around that. And it's because it's very confusing to figure out like what are the regulations and what are the permits you need to get and do you need to register? Do you not need to register? Um, so that's kind of a preface to what I'm going to say here. And there's the, you, you spoke specifically to the three main types of business entities that an online business can be. You can, there's other ones you can be, but honestly, these are the three that most people are. Um, I would say like 99% of us. So the first is a sole proprietorship. The second is a limited liability company. And then the third, which actually isn't a business entity at all, it's just a tax designation. And that is an S corporation. So um, I'm going to go into these three and then feel free to like ask me any questions as we talk about them. So um, a sole proprietorship means you are just acting as an extension or arm of your person and everything operates under your social security number. You don't net, you don't actually have like a business entity. It's not registered. Um, There's no like legal structure to your business. You are just creating a business under your name and you are naming it something else. So I like to call this acting as a doing business as or DBA, which most people know what that is. And, um, it's a great way to start a business. Honestly, that's what most of us start out with because it takes a little while for many people to like figure out that they need to register with their state or with their um, local government. And so that being said, it's great for business owners who are like just starting out, not making a lot of money. Um, And particularly Janie, those that don't have a lot of assets, like personal assets, Because the difference here between a sole proprietorship and an LLC is all about what an LLC stands for, liability. So when you are a sole proprietor, you are actually at risk with all of your personal assets. Because like I said, the business is just an arm extension of you as a person. Since it's all under your social security number, um, you're probably commingling funds, uh, and, and it's not, it's not in its own little, what I like to call business bubble. And so it's great to start out, but if you have a home, if you have a car, if you have a big savings, if you have a retirement fund from say your previous job, if you have kids college funds that you've been saving for any of those things, you want to protect those. Um, because we all worked really hard, uh, with either our former like W2 world life. Um, or throughout our lives, if we've been an entrepreneur forever, to like make those savings occur. And if you want to protect those, then the answer is move away from a sole proprietorship and become a limited liability company. So an LLC um, is registered through your home state. Uh, It's not through the federal government. I get that question a lot. And it's just through your home state. Um, You can do it most all Um, I would like to think almost all states uh, have the ability to do this online. Um, So you just go to either your secretary of state's website or like Google how to register in X state. Um, Because some 
states don't do it through the secretary of state. They actually do it through like a different um, department of the government. Uh, And so you just go online and then you want to register as an LLC. And that means you are actually creating a business entity. Yeah. So that would be like the main confusion for people is they think like you have to choose one of three and they're all a business entity, but they're not only a limited liability company is. And then all of these other type of corporations, but we're not going to get into yeah. those. Um, and so you can create either a single member LLC or a partnership LLC if you're working with somebody else. Um, and this is really, I like to call it, you can have your cake and eat it too. So You know, you get the liability protection at like a fraction of the cost of what uh, you're at risk with a sole proprietorship or adding in tons of insurance for your business. Um, So I it's the best insurance you can get for your business. Your business bubble ends up on one side and then your personal assets bubble ends up on the other. And it's limited liability. So for um, negligence purposes or any type of like big legal things that come up, what happens is they can only uh, assert actions against your, your business assets. So the personal assets are just like in a completely different realm and they can't ever touch that. And that gives a lot of business owners a ton of comfort. Um, there's multiple benefits as well. You're legal with your state. Your state knows you're operating a business. Um, you, uh, LLC was created by governments so that it still acts as a pass-through taxation entity. Um, so with a sole proprietorship, it's very, very similar. Um, it's the same thing. It just goes on your schedule C with your individual tax return every year. So you don't have to file a business tax return and a personal tax return. So that's great with an LLC. And then all around, you just look more professional with your customers um, and your clients because you're actually a registered business. That gives them comfort, too, that in the eyes of your state government and your local government, you are an actual business owner. Yeah, I love that. I think um, when I started Brooklyn View Photography, I uh, did an LLC through New York State, which, you know, it Mm -hmm. costs money. It was about $800 because we have to file in the newspaper and... Um, I feel like that was the most because you had to pay for the ads to run for eight weeks. I don't know. It's like this weird thing that to make money for the state. <laughs> I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think other states do that. But it's, it's great because now every two years I just have to renew my license, you know, with, with yeah. them. And it, it's a moderate fee. And it, I'd rather be protected than unprotected, you know? Yeah. So the, the other difference there too, for people is like when you file as a sole proprietorship, you really only have to file one thing, which is like a trade name with your state. Sometimes it's called an assumed business name, a fictitious business name. Um, and those are really inexpensive. So they're like two twenty to like maybe a hundred dollars. And it's like a one-time thing just to get your name like solidified in your state so that no one else takes it. And then um, you don't really have to do anything else. But then, like you said, an LLC, it varies across the board with every state across the country. Um, And some states are actually very inexpensive. Uh, I think I've found one for like 70 bucks. 
And then some are upwards of 300 or like $800, like you said. I think actually registering in New York is more around like the three to $500 range. And then there might be like some subsequent things that you need to do um, to ensure that you're registered properly, like you said. Um, and then the one thing like you, I just want to hit on it again. Lots of people forget that you have to file an annual report or a biannual report. Um, with your state government. And that's what you're talking about here is you have to pay um, a couple hundred dollars to your state, you know, when they make you re-register. Um, and technically all you're doing is just telling them that you're still an active business. So they just want to check and make sure that you are still operating a business. You are still generating income from clients, so on and so forth. And at that point you can like continue to be active or you can like deactivate your registration with the state. Yeah, that's cool. That's really great to know. Thank you for clearing that up. I feel like in, <laughs> in the Facebook groups, photography, Facebook groups, people are always spilling out this information. I'm like, no, that's, that doesn't sound right. Or no, maybe you should talk to a lawyer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Facebook groups can like go into the weeds in this and people really think that they know what they're talking about. And lots of times they do, but it's so particular to their state that I'm like, well, that doesn't really pertain to what this person actually needs. Um, And then the only other thing I wanted to touch on before we move on is an S corporation. And I can be really quick here um, because an S corporation is like this new tax designation um, over the past decade or two that's been thrown around. And uh, lots of accountants tell the the people that they work with that an S corporation is the right way to go. Um, And the one thing I just want to kind of tell your listeners, like as a cautionary tale is an S corporation is great for some businesses, but it's not so good for others because there's so much that goes into ensuring that you are designated properly as an S corporation. And that's only through the federal government. Lots of times accountants um, it's, more work for them so they get paid more um and so they have to like file all of these things and ensure that you are designated properly under the federal laws as an s corporation um and people think that you are just an s corporation but like if you are that's not good you need to be an s corporation with the federal government um for tax purposes but then you need to also be a registered llc in your state And uh, the difference, the reason people become an S corporation is for self-employment tax purposes. And so there's really no like threshold number that I can give people. I get that question all of the time, but people are like, so when should I become an S corporation as well as an LLC, like designate for tax purposes is what I'm trying to say. And they, there's, I can't say like, oh, it's $50,000 or like $80,000. But what I like to tell people is you need to have that conversation with your accountant, because if you are like, if your LLC brought in $80,000 last year, um, with like net profits, um, after all of your expenses, and that's what you're getting taxed on with your LLC, it might behoove you to designate as an S corporation because you will tell the government that you had a reasonable salary and I'm not going to get into the weeds here, but that's the key word, reasonable salary of say $40,000, which is oftentimes pretty reasonable for a lot of photographers or like people in the wedding industry. Um, and this is just like, I'm throwing out yeah. numbers here, but it, it, it'll really help your 
your listeners understand, they would only get self-employment taxes taken out on the $40,000 versus the $80,000. And so lots of times that saves thousands and it's totally worth it to like pay your accountant to to make sure that you're designated as an S corporation. Um, So that's really the difference there. And I just want to make sure, and that's really clear for people, like you still need to be an LLC S corporation is just for tax purposes, but it is beneficial. And if you are at that point, um, and lots of times it is somewhere between like 50 to a hundred thousand dollars of net profit that you're bringing in, then you kind of want to start pondering the S corporation idea. Yeah. That's really interesting. I didn't know about that. That's good to know. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so after the hybrid co so I took your class at hybrid and you went all over, you know, all through these legal things like what we should be doing as wedding photographers. And I love, we talked about contracts. You talked about contracts. Mm-hmm. So after hybrid, I bought one of your contracts from your site and I updated everything just to be more legit because you hit it on the nail. You said, Oh, you probably, you know, who has pieced their contract together? And I was like, oh, yeah, raise my hand over here. So I'm so happy now that I have a legit contract. So for the people that are listening that maybe, you know, have piecemealed their contracts in the past or still have it now, like what should our listeners know about their own contracts and how, you know, what should they avoid? Yeah, great question. Um, And, you know, it's awesome that you at least have a contract. So everyone that's listening, I'm going to like pat you on the back here because, Let's just like give ourselves a little bit of grace and realize that at least we're using a contract. Like at least you're covering something and you're not just like operating a business without like a handshake deal or something like that. Um, Cause those can get really messy really quickly. Um, so if you have built a contract, say online, like through templates or you got it through an industry friend, or maybe you're even using one through like your client management system, Those are great. Like they're great to just use to start, but you want to do some things on the, on the back end as the business owner who knows your business and knows your clientele and kind of also has probably experienced things that have come up in your business to ensure that all of those are included in your contract. So, um, the first like two big things I tell people when they're reviewing their contract is I want you to like print out whatever contract that you have. Yes. On paper, like old school. (laughs) And the reason being is because you're going to catch things on paper that you would not catch on a computer. And I want you to read it backwards to forwards. Like we're going old school, middle school, like how our English teachers taught us how to read our essays. Um, And the reason that I'm telling you to do that is because every clause or paragraph in um, your contract has different sentences. And you want to ensure, of course, that you're reading each sentence by sentence to ensure that those sentences make sense. Because in the eyes of the law, one sentence could be very, very pivotal in a legal issue. And so you don't want to just like think that that whole paragraph makes sense together Um, Because it's going to be read separately. So just read through and go through each, each sentence and make sure that it's clear, it's concise, and it would make sense to a lay person, which is your client, which is really you as a business owner. Like if you're not an attorney, then you just need to make sure that sentence makes sense to you. And you're totally fine to rewrite sentences and just clean them up is what I would tell people. Like pretend like you are editing your own essay. I love that. And 
So that's the first thing is just clean it up. Like make sure that it's all making sense. There's not, there's no typos, like long drawn out sentences. Can you like brief that together in a shorter sentence? Um, And then the second thing is make sure that your headings are um, clearly explained, like they're clear, they're not long and arduous. Um, So like the rescheduling clause should say rescheduling. (laughs) Like that's it. Like very, very simple and clear. And then I want you to bold those. I want you to underline them. And then when you're done doing that, I want you to number like one through 25 on all of your clauses on the side. Yeah. And the reason being is because if something happens, we want to quickly point to like clause number seven. Um, and then uh, there, the, those are the two first things. Um, the second thing is, is you want to make sure you have what I like to call the essential or necessary clauses that every service-based contract should have. Um, and those are like the boilerplate language clauses that, um, you know, severability, transfer clauses, electronic signature clause, venue and jurisdiction clause. People probably don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but good thing is I have a checklist for people <laughs> and I just like point people to the checklist so that they can, uh, you know, like print it out or download it and then they can go through and make sure that all those boxes are checked and I explain that. So if you guys want to make sure you have your essential clauses in your contract, you can just go to bit.ly backslash clause checklist. And um, Janie and I will make sure that we get you guys that link as well. Um, So do that. That would be the third thing you need to do. Um, Yeah. And then I've got some clauses that we can talk about like that are in specific like wedding photography contracts if you want to go there, but it's up to you. No, no, that's fine. No, I'll put, I'll put the link in the, in the show notes so people can uh, click on it. I think that's, after your presentation and I was like oh yeah okay okay that's why I have to buy a new contract <laughs> yeah I was like I was missing a bunch of those so now we're 100% legit which is good yeah so so what are the, like the three biggest tips that you could share with our listeners today that they could do today to make sure that they're on the right path like the legal path yeah I love this so um do the first step that we have talked about at the beginning uh which is register your business Um, Either file a trade name with your state if you're a sole proprietor or get that LLC registered. Um, The second thing would be to get a business bank account. And this is really, really important, not only for tax purposes, but for like a limited liability company, um, because you can't commingle funds between your personal and business assets. So all of your touching moments need to come in and out of that business bank account. There's so many benefits to doing that um, in terms of ensuring that your business is in its own little bubble. um, And for tax purposes, it's so, so much easier to just go into your business bank account and pull all of the income and expenses that you had. Um, It's easy to keep track of things. Um, So I like to call the business bank account that stretching like, you know, center or like that's where all of all of your client money is coming in and out of and all of your expenses are coming in and out of. And then the third thing, of course, is just get your contracts in order and as legitimate as possible because you never know when some um, sticky situation is going to come up. And I, I think we all like to shove all of these legal to-dos like under the rug because they're, they're not shiny. They're not fun. It's not like 
revamping your Instagram or like, you know, like curating your website and making it more beautiful. Um, the legal issues in the legal stuff, like, isn't, it's not fun. It's not fun to think about. It's, it's hard for us as creatives, but it's so, so, so necessary because I don't want any of your listeners to be in a situation where my one-on-one clients are, which is where they come to me and they're like, something happened. I need help. And you just never know, like you think that your clients are awesome and like everything's going to work out dandy. And like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying like, it's not going to, but most of the time it does. Like people aren't like all bad, (laughs) but you just never know when that bad apple is going to come along or something's going to get triggered. Like if we're talking about wedding photography right now, specifically, like that's a high stress situation just like working in the wedding industry is high stress. Like people are spending a lot of money. Emotions are high. Family is involved and things happen. And so just make sure that your contracts are legitimate and that you are starting out your communication with your client on the right foot and on the right legal foot with a contract in place that both parties agree to all of the responsibilities and obligations are laid out in that contract at the beginning because you don't want to backpedal later on. Yeah. And you don't want to end up in like small claims court or court or, you know, people get worried about bad reviews. I'm like, we should be worried about losing money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Bad reviews. Like, I mean, oftentimes you don't, you don't even get into court, but you're like settling something on your own and you're giving refunds. Like you said, you're losing money and that you just don't want to be in that situation. You want to be able to like point to a clause and be like, no, 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 we agreed to this. And then you feel really good standing up for yourself and being like, no, I'm, I'm, completely covered here under my contract and good, you know, like this is you, you're not going to get any money back. (laughs) Right. Exactly. No, I love that. It's, those are really great tips. And I hope everybody listening, you leave this podcast after you're finished and start, you know, doing it for yourself and make sure you're on the right path. So we mentioned that you have a store and you also have a podcast. (laughs) So let's let everybody um, know about those two things because that's really great advice. I'll listen to your podcast every time it's released and I, everybody knows by now I've already visited your store. So let's talk about those things. <laughs> yeah. So um, I created a template contract shop. It's on the legalpage.com slash shop. And there's all kinds of full template contracts that you can use and download Um, I have worked really, really hard with industry professionals in that specific sector. So if it's like a florist contract, I have had at least three to five professional florists look it over. And the best part is then I ensure that every clause is kind of like a choose your own path uh, to make your template contract legitimate because there's different ways you can run your business and different ways you can ensure that your contracts are legitimate, that you just need to have the right wording. Um, so oftentimes my contracts, they, uh, they have the wording in the word document. And then over on the side, I create a ton of notes and I just walk you through it to make sure that you can choose which clause is best for you. Um, and then at the end you, you have the perfect contract, uh, you're legitimate and you're protected with your clients. Um, so I offer those full large contracts for people. And then Janie, the best part is, is I also, I was realizing that people already have contracts and they just need to like buy a few clauses that I've talked about. Or like, if you go through the clause checklist and you're like, Oh, I think I need that one. 
uh, I have clauses that you can just buy. And then um, it's way less expensive. You just download those and then you copy and paste them into your contract and go along your merry way. And then you're a little, you know, you're more legitimate and protected the next time you send out your client contract. So that's the online store. Um, I'm also, of course, available to help with anything. Um, I have a uh, private Facebook group. It's just called the legal page community. A lot of my um, followers hop in there and ask legal questions all the time. People ask questions about the um, their shop products as well. Uh, and so we just make sure that we get all of, you know, our T's crossed and our I's dotted. Uh, <laughs> and then I also, yes, uh, I have a podcast. Um, I really, I just use my name for everything because I don't like to be complicated. Uh, so, um, it's the legal page podcast and I do solo episodes where I talk about legal stuff, um, in a fun, non-scary and approachable way is the goal always. And then I of course have guests on where we talk about their businesses. And then we always have a legal twist at the end where I ask them like three big legal things that they've learned in their business so that, you know, followers or um, listeners can leave like in, you know, with and you know their eyes open to, oh my gosh, that happened to somebody or, oh my gosh, that could happen to me. Or I've had something similar. I guess I need to like you know, get some back end things in order. So it, that doesn't occur again. Yeah. I love that. No, your podcast is awesome. <laughs> so I can't. <laughs> yeah. So we'll put all this information in the show notes, but thank you so much for being a guest. I'm so happy you were here. Oh, thank you so, so, so much for having me. It was a true joy. You're welcome. So let's just tell everybody. So it's everyone, your website, like what is the main website again? The legal page. And my name is spelled P A I G E.com. Okay. And then your social handles? The Legal Page. Surprise, surprise. Okay. <laughs> um, and the Legal Page podcast, too, uh, if you want to put, if you want to, like, know when the most recent episodes are coming out. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so I'll link all this in the show notes. And thank you, Paige, for being here. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks so much. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So that's it, you guys. I hope you liked today's show. A huge shout out and a big thank you to Paige for being here today. I know you're busy and I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us and helping our listeners get legit with their business. So you can find out more about Paige and her services at thelegalpage.com and I'll link everything we talked about in the show notes so you guys can pop over, find out more about her contracts and her services and you can listen to her podcast and also, you know, go in those dms and let her know that you listened to the podcast and what you thought of it so thank you again for being here and i can't wait for us to share our next cup of tea together bye you guys